0: Monday following the annual spring game, A-Day game for your Crimson Tide. We're rocking and rolling right here with you on the hottest show on the streets. Bringing you the Alabama football news, notes, and information. I'm yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Happy to have you all in here on today. We bring you the show from the magic city of Birmingham. We stream this to you Through YouTube, speaking of the channel, you guys know what time it is. You tap that subscribe button. You hit subscribe right now. Get every friend, every family member, every diehard Bama fan, casual Bama fan, consumer of Tide Football to subscribe, share the show, make this your place. Talking Alabama football. Also, don't forget to hit the like button. Tap that like button. Give us a thumbs up right there. Trying to get this show out the gate, 50 likes to start us off. We appreciate you guys at Daily Super Chat Go, $100. Daily Super Chat Go, 100 bucks right there. We thank you for being the incredible fans that you are. Also, hit that notification bell, so that way you miss absolutely nothing when it comes down to fresh content on your Bama football. We got a lot to discuss here from the spring game, and we want to hear from you. You can do this by calling 205 448 1358. Number on the screen right there, 205 448 1358. And one more time, 205 448 1358. Got my man, Enoch Walker, here in the production studio. And Enoch, let's jump into this right now. A day game, the biggest piece of the conversation puzzle has been uh, throughout spring uh, would a quarterback separate? You got four quarterbacks in this room. They're all talented. They're all good. Jalen Milrow brings something. Ty Simpson brings something. Dylan Lornigan brings something. Eli Holstein brings something. All four quarterbacks were good. And this is why Nick Saban brought over Tommy Reese as a quarterback coach, developer, savant, if you will, at 30 years of age. Played quarterback at Notre Dame. Uh, coached six years in terms of, that quarterback room for the Fighting Irish. So this is why Coach Saban brought Tommy Reese in, and Reese has had a great spring, uh, developing all four guys in the room. Uh, but the two guys that everybody's talked about, Ty Simpson, Jang and Milrow, Jang and Milrow, Ty Simpson. Which one of these two, between the redshirt sophomore from Texas and the redshirt freshman from Tennessee, which one of these two could separate from the other? And both guys had good moments in the A-Day game. Both guys could have had better moments, but receivers dropped passes, and we'll get into that later on in the show. But both guys had good moments. Both guys had strong moments. Both guys had situations where you thought, "Wow, you know that guy's good. He's improved. He's progressed. He's making plays out there. They're making plays out there." So both guys had uh, some good moments, and then even down to. The, the young guys, Dylan Larnigan and Eli Holstein, uh, improvement from both of those two guys. Both freshmen made plays. Both freshmen have improved. Both freshmen seem to kind of understand some things. They're growing more within the offensive system, within the culture of the team and of the program. But starting this thing off with Jalen Milrow personally, he struggled a little bit early on. He looked a little bit hesitant. But as the game kind of slowed down, he started making some plays. He started hitting on some throws. Eli, you were down on the field. Milro had a beautiful 36-yard ball. Put it dead on the money to Emmanuel Henderson, converted running back, now playing receiver, on what appeared to be a will route for a touchdown. Put it right there in the, mo- in the direct spot where it had to be. His throw to Emmanuel Henderson, kind of reminiscent of the practice throw he had to Chicory Brooks for a touchdown that was dead on the money. So we saw that. And then on one of the final drives for the white team, the first-team offense, Jalen Milrow hits Malik Benson several times, including the final time for a touchdown. Milrow also had a 36-yard run there on the zone re-keep for a score. So the potential's there for Milrow. The potential, the want-to, the tools are there. For Milro, it's can I just put it all together consistently? Can I just put everything together? It's like milro has got so many ingredients to make this quarterback cake here, but you got to put it all together for the cake to turn out right. That's the thing for Milro. When you look at Ty Simpson, I thought if you remove the stats, because stats sometimes can be misleading – Sometimes don't tell all of the story. If you ju- if you if you look at just what Ty did on the field, how he performed out there, controlling, running the the crimson offense, and at times the white offense when he got a chance to go in there, you know Ty arguably you can arguably say he had the best outing out there. Ty Simpson had about five to six, maybe even seven. Beautiful balls that were dead on, that were prime-time throws. If you go back and you watch the spring game, he had about seven throws that you're going, if that would have been caught, ooh, if that would have been caught, ooh, if that would have been caught, touchdown. He had several balls put right on the bread basket of these wide receivers that you think if the receiver holds on to the ball – runs the right route, makes the play, touchdown, 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 could have been a touchdown. Uh, t- there was a drive or Ty was just in a groove hitting guys. So or, you could arguably say he had the best day, if you remove the statistics here from uh, the fray, but not only with his arm, uh, his feet had some sneaky athletic runs there had a 45-yard run on a zone re-keep, had a play where he juked the guy out of his shoes looking like Fran Tarkenton meets uh, Johnny Manziel out there, so to speak. So uh, Ty had some Ty had some big plays out there. He had some big plays out there. And then of the two freshmen, Dylan, uh, Eli Holstein hit Jacory Brooks on a big play, but Dylan Lorigan showing, hey – the moment's not too big for me either. Either as a freshman. And people forget, this four-star right here, Larnigan, came out of a high school powerhouse, Brookwood High School in North Georgia. Larnigan played baseball too, former pitcher. So you don't, know, on the mound as a pitcher, you're processing so much information. You're processing, which zone do I hit? How do I strike this guy out? Do I go with the fastball, curveball, cutting slider? Wh- what pitches do I have to use, right? And and, and what um, situations do I have to use these pitches in uh, to get the respective batter out? So as a pitcher, you got to have a mean poker face on that mound. you got to have a cannon, a very strong arm. you got to know how to mix speeds, change speeds when your pitches. But most importantly, you got to be able to process the situation of the batter that you're going up against. And so all of those baseball skills, they translate on the football field. And when you watch Larnigan, he had a drive that ended up on a six-yard touchdown pass to Justice Haynes, looked very much in sync on that drive. And Saban talked about it, Dylan Larnigan able to move the ball, drive the offense down the field. He's got more of that poise, if you will, You know, doing that. So his growth and his development, something to watch right there. But nobody really just pulled away and separated. This may go through fall camp. Maybe somebody in fall camp finally separates. It could go to the first game of the season. Like I said, I kind of equate this to 2011 Alabama, where it took, you know, game two of the season. For A.J. to just say enough is enough and McCarron took it from Phillip Sam's after his performance against Penn State that year on the road could be that right there. But we did see some positivity. We saw some growth. We saw some progression from each guy. It's going to be interesting to see who pulls away moving forward. But we take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. We're just getting started to put our return. We go on the phone lines to grab your calls, your thoughts, your conversations. In your mind, fans, did did you feel like one of these four guys pulled away? If you did, give us your thoughts. Line us up in the chat line right after this.
1: Nine players have teamed up and released the Alabama team paper
2: Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion and ordering is easy. Visit Emily'sHeirloomPoundCakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily'sHeirloomPoundCakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch.
0: All right, folks. We're back to the action here from the break on the hottest show on the streets, dropping your Bama football news in my own words. George Truly, Stephen Smith of TDA, the man Eli Walker in the production studio, fresh off the spring game, Crimson, getting the 30 to 21 win over White, earning that steak dinner there. We got to shout out James Knox with the 4.99. Give him a super chance. Dropping that love there in the bucket. Dan and Steven appreciate that coming from James Knox. Continue hitting that like button, that subscribe button, showing the support of the show. But. We go to the phone lines to grab your calls. The call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. Number to call in 205-448-1358. We grab this call. You and I'm on the show. What's happening? How we feel and state your name and where you calling from.
3: Hey, what's up, Steve? It's JD Lone, man. What's going on? JD, what's happening? Hey man, you got it, man. Hey. I think everybody like over exaggerating, man. Everybody just pumped their brakes, man. We're going to be fine, man. I know everybody's talking and stuff like that, man. I think we're going to be fine. I mean, both of both top, well, all four quarterbacks to me show some potential. Uh, if I had to pick a, a choose a quarterback today, I kind of would hedge on Miro. reason why I said it too, Steve okay, Miro did go against the first number one defense, right? He did, right. So I mean, that was that was in the Melikai Moore on blitz and everything. I'm not making no excuse for he throws two interceptions, but I think Miro. If I was to choose a club at the start right now, I'm not saying he 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 would beat Tyson or whatever. But if I was to pick a club at right now, I have still to go with Jalen Miro. matters if he just clean clean up them turnovers, it, I, it, I just want it, to yeah. hear your thoughts on this, Steve. I I'll let you. I let you go. Road Appreciate. Time. Appreciate J.D.
0: Long right there. I mean, miro Mil- has got the experience coming from last year playing against Texas A&M and also coming in there against Arkansas for an injured Bryce Young. Got to clean up the turnovers, absolutely. Got to clean that up. But, I mean, like I mentioned, uh, Milro also had some bright moments in that game. Big ball to, to Emmanuel Henderson. Big ball there to Malik Benson. The the, the tools are there for Milrow. It's just for him uh, – cleaning everything up, and putting kind of a finished product together. If he can do that, then you already know what he is as a runner. The guy can flat fly. He's super athletic. He's fast. He's kind of got Blake Sims' legs running out there. But if he can just put it all together from a passing standpoint, accuracy, reading the defense, coverages, going through each progression, there's potential there just have it all in order. Have it all in line. That's the big thing for Milro to work on going into the summer, and of course fall camp, putting all of the ingredients together there. But we take this call here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name, and where are you calling from?
4: Uh Stephen. This is Tyler Reeves from Enterprise, Alabama. How you doing, sir?
0: Doing fantastic, man, and yourself?
4: I'm doing great. Um... Uh... I'm going to uh, hit a few topics real quick. Uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what the previous caller said that, uh, you know, if you talk to a lot of Alabama fans, you think that the sky was falling. But, uh, but, you know, being a football coach myself, you know, really and truly, I looked at that 8A game and I said, from a quarterback standpoint and from an offensive standpoint, that was pretty much another scripted practice, you know, putting the offense in a lot of 10 personnel trips, doubles, you know, putting them a lot of 20 personnel stuff that, Alabama is not going to live and die by, you know, they're not expecting Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow to be Will Rogers over at Mississippi state, but they have to be able to throw the ball. They have to be able to be put in those situations. And I think Saban going into the game said, Hey, let's put us in the really bad situations. If we can handle these situations, we're going to have growth as an offense. Um, I think in the QB battle, you also have to consider, there were tons of drops, um, and there was just some really good uh, defensive plays. There were a couple of these de- uh, interceptions that were just really good ball plays by the DB. Um, you know, so when it comes to spring games, I left or I have turned the spring game off. I feel the same way I feel about a lot of the Alabama uh, spring games. I'm kind of like unimpressed. You're kind of like sitting there going, I'm not unimpressed. There was a lot of good performances. But, you know, you don't get that really jolly feeling, You just kind of get that sort of even kill, like every, everything's going to be okay, you know. But I did see the physicality up front. The defense was playing fast, they were playing physical. Um, I, they didn't seem like they were hesitant or unsure of themselves. And so I'm glad to see that Kevin Steele's bringing that to the table. Um, I do think I'm going to say this I do believe Caden Proctor may be the guy that pushes for that left tackle position because he was the most consistent. Granted, he was not facing Dallas Turner or Chris Braswell, but I think he's going to be kind of a guy that's going to surge um, as we get into uh, fall camp. And I can see him becoming like the next type of like Cam uh, Robinson. So, uh, uh, you know, Stephen, like I said, hey, man, I appreciate you taking my call. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what I had to say. Uh, And, hey, roll tide.
0: Appreciate Tyler Reeves calling in right there. And and just just going back, just looking at his statement there, when I evaluate the spring game, I look at this. Some questions were answered. We Alabama fans got some questions answered and the big question you got answered was is this defense physical again is it tough can it be nasty again and Kevin still answered that question with a resounding yes guys were flying on the football making big hits shooting gaps and just the confidence they weren't lost they weren't hesitant they weren't second guessing they moved the ball even if it was a mistake, they confidently still moved the ball. And uh, those are things that you can correct if it was a mistake. They played fast. They played physical. They played with no fear. They weren't hesitant, and they flew to the football. So defensively, that question was answered. You got some questions answered there on the offensive line. I like Elijah Pritchett. I think he's got talent there. But as of right now, I think the speed a bit too much for him at that left tackle spot Maybe you flip uh, J.C. Latham the left tackle and have preaching at right tackle. Or maybe you go, you keep preaching at right, you keep about Latham at right tackle. You put Caden Proctor at that left tackle spot and keep Latham at right tackle. So you, you got some options to play with. But I think when it comes to spring games, you evaluate the big picture. Are we having more questions answered? Are are, Did we leave the game with more answers than what we had questions? And I feel like for a lot of of the Alabama nation out there, a lot of us left the game, but okay, we did leave with a bit more answers than questions. So that's always a good thing right there. We take this call here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from?
5: Uh, Good evening, Steven. This is Nicholas Johnson from Mobile, Alabama. How you doing today, sir?
0: Doing great, man, and yourself.
5: I'm doing great. Can't complain. So, um, I noticed during this uh as the roster's release on the white team that we had the um the actual wide receiver uh core that I predicted, which would be Malik Benson at the X, Jacore Brooks at the Y, and then Isaiah Barnes holding down the slot position. But I still uh it come off my eye all those drops we have seen Saturday. Uh I just want you to uh, kind of talk about um do you think it's like more so the lack of chemistry they have with quarterbacks and Melrose, And Simpson, or is a bit of a focus uh, factor. Which one do you feel
6: like was a combination of the uh, the two?
0: It could be a combination of the two, but I lean more so Nicholas toward the focus factor. You know, these guys—you just gotta catch the ball. Do you have a young? When you're breaking in a young inexperienced experienced quarterback, whether it's Milrow or Simpson, you gotta help your guy out by catching the ball, especially if that ball's put on you, directly on you, in your space and area. You've gotta come down with that football. I go back to the Amari Coopers, the the uh, the, the Calvin Rittenlys, the Devonte Smiths, Jerry Judys, You know those guys. They spent hours catching passes, catching balls out the jug machine to make sure those hands were on point after every single practice. Now, I would encourage this group of wide receivers here to do the same thing, because when you have a new quarterback, a young quarterback, you've got to help that guy out. When he's seeing drops, that hurts his confidence. You've got to catch the football.
5: Yes, I definitely agree. It's definitely to uh, the point of Devontae Smith, he doesn't have the best hands I've ever seen in uh, a body in college. So, appreciate the, uh, appreciate the, um, the answer and uh, low time.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate Nicholas Johns. My man Nick calling out of Mobile right here too. the show. We grab this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from? Hey, this is Josh
7: from Birmingham. How you doing this evening? Doing great, Josh. And yourself? Doing pretty well. Uh, I called, man, several weeks ago, and uh, and mine was about the, you know, the QB race. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to put my dog in a pen. <laughs> uh, the QB race, and talking about how it was, you know, it's not a racial thing, you know. And I was talking about the progressions, and I, I just thought it was interesting that Nick Saban, which he said the exact same thing. And I can't quote verbatim, but it was like, hey, you stay in a pocket, go through your progressions, and then make, you know, basically make the best decision and uh, get, take what the defense is giving you. So this is my question to you, Steven. Uh, a little um, – so in saying that, I heard about Jalen's last drive a lot of people were talking about, and I was – I didn't get to watch the game. But this one guy who was an insider of Alabama said, hey, he was going against walk-on DBs. Like that last drive, like the defense was not the starting defense. It was walk-ons. Because if you say you look at them, like these are guys – these are not SEC guys. These are walk-ons. So we got to like pump the brakes there. Uh, But in my mind, like what was funny was everyone talked about this freshman. Like if he just got here, and he's already kind of showing poise, like Nick Saban said in the offense. Do you see this guy being uh, a backup to Jalen this summer? I mean, this I mean fall because at the end of the day, I think Jalen's going to be the guy. It sounds like it. Sounds like Ty's not the guy. Seems like he's a little too big for him. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming it was like a vanilla offense. Like it was a typical A day game uh, offense. No, you're not going to show everything, but it sounds like Jalen did the best. So, who's going to be the backup? Do you professional coming in and taking over from Ty Simpson? And I have something else after this. I'll let you talk.
0: I don't. I I don't see Lornigan or Holstein. More so, Lornigan taking taking it over from Ty Simpson. I think Ty would be the ba- – if Jalen's the starter, then Ty would be the backup, and Lornegan would be just prepare us if you're the next guy in line and be ready if your number has to be called. But I think if Jalen ends up as the starter, Ty Simpson would be the backup.
7: Okay. And then, hey, so what, what's your opinion on this offense? Line? I, I call a little bit because cause I was shocked when Elijah, Elijah Pritchett was the left tackle. Like, why didn't you move Jalen J.C. over? So, after this past weekend – what was what was your opinion? Because I kept everyone talking about the second-team offense line, like the guy from Finland and uh, Proctor. So, do you see one of these guys or both of them? I don't, know, I don't know even how Dalcourt did, but all I heard was nine sacks. You know, I know it's two-hand touch, so I know at the end of the day, I know Jalen probably could have broke some of the tackles if they were. I don't even know how close they were. But, you know, you're playing two-hand touch, but it sounded like Elijah Pritchett, who was not going against our start if you think about it, he wasn't going against our best linebackers, you know, our best edge rushers. He was going against our backups. If he was given that much like how how I mean if he was given that much pressure, like who do you go with? If you if you wasn't confident with JC later at the beginning, you try Elijah Pritchett, like who do you go to next at left tackle? Uh, what, what what do you think, Steven?
0: I think I I think if if you if Saban was to keep Nathan at right tackle, which if I was Saban, I would switch Nathan to left tackle. But Saban keeps him at right tackle. But you would have to look at the freshman, Caden Proctor. You would have to look at him at that left tackle spot. Olas Anina, that guy's a beast. I think right now he would start off as a guard. But if you had to take a freshman... To put him at that left tackle spot. If you want to keep J.C. Latham at right tackle, but I would look at Cade and Proctor. But appreciate my man right there, Josh, out of Birmingham for that call. We take this call here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How are we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
5: What's up, Steve? It's Ant from Birmingham. Ant, what's happening? Yeah, I just wanted to say, why is everybody um, talking like we just did so bad? I watched the game, then I went back and watched the game and I feel good about our offense. I mean, our defense is nasty. But, but, and that I'll that, tell you that that's
0: all. That, that that's the thing, but my thing is for the last five years, people have been saying Bama's defense is bad. Pete Golden's terrible. Where's our defense? Where are them dogs at? And now you get the dogs. They out there. Kevin's didn't turn them loose. They're playing great. And now it's well, Bama's terrible. The offense is bad. No. This is a balanced team. You want both sides to be good. You want the offense to be good, which we saw good moments for the offense. But you also want that defense being nasty. You got both.
5: Exactly, exactly. And Rodell Williams, that uh, he's not getting the praise that he should get. That boy's gonna have a. I mean, that's a grown man out there. He's gonna have a good year this year. And um, um, I think both quarterbacks did decent. I I gotta tip my hat to. A, Jalen a little more, but I heard um um Ty had a thumb injury or something. I'm not sure it, it, how um, strong that is, but um I like the accuracy of Jalen when he made the right play. But I I, I just think our corners are, are that great that you can't get no separation on them, man. That's all I had. And um appreciate you having me, roll Tide
0: appreciate Anther calling in from Birmingham. That, that That's the thing. Uh, you want to have good on offense. You want to have good on defense. You, you want to have that balance. And uh, that's what we got in the spring game. That Was it sexy? No, of course not. But when have Alabama spring games ever been sexy? I mean, I understand when Tua Tagovailoa came through, you had some sexy moments in there. But in general, when has Alabama spring game ever been sexy in terms of offense and defense? It's been balanced. You know, the offense gets some plays in there, but then the defense, they get some plays in there too. And that strength on strength, that's good on good. That's what you want. You want good on good. You want to see good moments there from your offense. Can your offense move the ball? Can it push the team? Can it push the, 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 the guys down the field? Can your defense get some penetration? Can they create some turnovers? Can they make some plays? If you get both, you're happy with that. If you get both, you're happy with that. And that's what you saw over the weekend. But we grabbed this car. You're live on the show. What's happening. How are we feeling? State your name. And where are you calling from?
3: Hey Steven man, it's Ty Alexander from Huntsville. What's up, man? Doing great, man, and yourself. Good man, good man. I just wanted to call, man. Um a lot of people are talking about the um the quarterbacks and the offense and um how Jalen, you know, how they were like throwing interceptions. But to me, man, that secondary was balling. That's what I'm I saying. Mean, you you that, got that, you got it. athletic depth back there. Right, and, and that's what impressed me, man. I saw guys like Caleb Downs, Des Ricks. I mean, did you see when Jake Pope popped Jermaine Burton? Oh
5: wow! I oh, mean, I, you know
3: they, what? His, they, his
0: his his new nickname his new nickname is Hitman Pope.
3: <laughs> like for real, bro. They they were playing hard. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of hard to tell if the offense is you know that shaky or the defense is just playing that good. So, you know, I just wanted to call and get your opinions on the secondary, man. Well Ty, brother. Appreciate Todd calling in from
0: Huntsville. I-, I like the secondary, and I'll dive into this more later, but – Kume had some had great moments out there. on Arnold continues to grow at that corner spot, had an interception out there. Malachi Moore had his own show back there. Earl Little had a big play, some big plays back there. Kang up Downs, Dez Ricks, Antonio Kite, like player on player on player, Jake Pope. Guys made plays out there. And this is a secondary that a lot of these guys are battling for a spot. A lot of these guys are going mono and mono. They are battling for a spot here under secondary coach Tavares Robinson. So he is teaching those guys. He is training those guys. Those guys are coming up, making tackles, making hits, reading the ball, getting the head turn, picking balls off. I mean, Eli, did you not see the soundness of the tackling? Whether it was Kang Up Downs coming down here, wrapping up, getting in form; whether it was Christian Story reading the ball, picking it off; whether it was Malachi Moore coming home on a blitz, like these guys are playing fearless, relentless, sound football. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They're trusting in what Kevin Steele's putting out there, and they're playing with utmost confidence. I've said this: you got both over the weekend. You got big plays by the defense. And offensively, you had progression. You want progression. Take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
8: Uh, Mike from Chicago. How's it going, Stephen M.?
0: Doing great, Mike, and yourself.
8: Doing good. I thought it was a good spring ball. This is the thing I'm concerned about, okay? Did players play themselves into the portal? So what I mean by that is like q Rob had a hell of a spring game he did he can start probably 80 percent of other i mean there are guys like jake pope i thought he had a good one he can start other places did people play well enough to where they don't want to sit and do they want to get in the portal now i'm knocking on wood i hope all these people stay but there was a lot of guys who play on second string that you know did they play themselves to say hey do i want to sit around here do i want to spare time or do i want to go ahead and go somewhere and start because colorado's lost about 100 players and they're looking for players right now so i'm just that's the only thing i thought it was a good spring game i thought both sides played well that's what i expected as you said alabama's never played a sexy spring game it's pretty much been back and forth but i'm concerned about the portal i'm just hoping i'm waiting for may 1st to come portal locks up and we keep our players as always, say roll tide.
0: Appreciate Mike from Chicago calling in, and, and I, I, I agree with that sentiment. It's, you know, you, you really want to keep everybody in Tuscaloosa, but Mike is correct. Several of these guys played extremely well, and you wonder, did they play themselves into an opportunity to possibly pursue the portal if a spot becomes open, if a team has open spots for them? Hopefully by May 1st and it's portal lockup time that nobody hits that portal and these guys have the patience to stick around. I've said this, Eli. If Alabama, no injuries, guys stay healthy, injury-free, and guys have the patience, don't get too antsy. You have the patience, you stick around. This is a big championship team because the pieces are there. I mean, I've never seen... Nick Saban say multiple times, several times, I like this team. I like this team. I've been waiting on this team. Uh, I love the energy. I love the physicality. I love the toughness. We don't have soft guys. Saban says this, we don't have soft guys on this team. They play with passion. They play tough. They play physical. They want to please the coaches. They don't look for an easy way out. When Saban said that, I'm like, here we go. Here we go. So, as long as these guys, no injuries, God forbid, no injuries, and uh, don't get too antsy, be as patient as you possibly can. Stick around. Could be a nasty championship team right here. But, call topic here, folks. We go to the man, the legend himself, Jalen Hurts, former Alabama quarterback he signed his his record-breaking NFL contract today for the Eagles. That five-year deal worth 255 million, 179 million of that guaranteed. Hurts put pen to paper on that today. Howie Roseman, Jeff Lurie, happy to see that all come to fruition there as the Eagles have their guy. But even with him getting the Brinks truck of money, the 24-year-old hungry, he said, "Hey, money's fine. Championships are better. I mean, does Jalen Hurts have the best one-liners or what? Is his money's cool? Championships better? He's got a Vince Lombardi Trophy on his mind. Now I'll say this: got a good shot to get that in the coming fall here." We're going to go to a break right here on the show, folks. Don't touch that down. Continue to hold through the call guys. if you're on the call. If you're still on the call, cute right there. When we get back, we discuss the other standouts, the other marquee moments, players, position groups from the sprint, from the A-Day game. We'll jump into it after this.
4: This is Matt Cadell, former Alabama wide receiver, and you're listening to In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith with Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And I got two words to say, baby. Roll Tide.
0: All right, people, we're back into the action from the break. I'm going to hottest show on the streets. Number one form for Bama. Football news, In My Own Words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of TDA. Continue hitting that subscribe button. Tapping that like button. Give us that thumbs up right there on the show. Making this your spot to talk your Crimson Todd. Daily Super Chat to go. $100 daily. Super Chat going go. $100 bucks right there. We greatly appreciate all that you do. Got my man Eli walking the production studio studio right there handling business. But as we get back into the conversation, Eli, of other marquee standouts. Different players, positional units, groups that... He'll show it up and show it out in the spring game. So we start this off with five-star freshman running back, Justice Haynes. Uh, he will be a factor in the fall. Coach Saban said it. He will contribute in this running back room in the fall. Maturity will be on his years. You you you, you don't know. You, you really wouldn't believe this young man's a freshman by the way he plays. Tore up spring ball all spring long. We got word in both scrimmages how dominant he was. If in the A-Day game, the icing on the cake, three touchdowns, (laughs) had a touchdown reception as well. And if not for Malachi Moore having a great day on defense, this guy would have probably been the Dixie Howell Memorial MVP. Justice Haines would have probably got MVP of the game. What a performance by him. Tough runs, Catching the ball at the backfield as a receiver. Man, the Crimson offense, four catches for 40 yards. Haynes can play, can flat-out play. And I've said this before, when Bama's had a freshman running back come in here and mean business, it's it has been at their apex. Whatever that guy was, Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy, T.J. Yeldon, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris – when they've had a freshman come in here and immediately contribute and mean business, Bama has been at its apex. So Justice Haynes will definitely be a factor for your Crimson tie. Another uh, n- another guy that that really truly showed up here in terms of uh in terms of Alabama. When you look at the we look at the receiver room for a minute here, you gotta go with Malik Benson. Malik Benson showed up there late in the game. He did. uh, I feel like Alabama kind of hit him until late in the football game, uh, but he did show up there late with four to five catches, one of those four to five catches being there for a touchdown. Uh, Also, Jalen Hale had a big game out there as well. He had two to three receptions for about 27 yards to freshman. You had a couple of receivers that showed up, but before, prior to talking about that, the offensive line, with coach with position coach Eric Wolford, offensive line had some good moments, blocking out there for the running backs, creating those running lanes there. But for Eric Wolford, I think the big thing here is that left tackle position. You started off with Elijah Pritchett there, Pritchett from uh, Pritchett from uh, from Georgia. He's got talent, he's got ability at that spot, but. The speed on the edge, whether it's Quindarius Robinson, whether it's Malika Moore coming off the edge blitzing, a little bit too much for him early on. I would look at maybe flipping J.C. Latham the left tackle, having Pritchett at right tackle, or if you're just gung-ho about keeping Latham at right tackle, possibly looking at Caden Proctor, the five-star freshman, for that left tackle spot. I'm just saying uh, Pritchett's got some potential. He's got some tools not writing him off. But when you're playing in the SEC and you're going up against these marquee pass rushers, whether it's defensive ends, whether it's outside linebackers, whether it's defensive backs coming off the edge, you got to have the speed to catch these guys and prevent them from... Getting to your quarterback, so offensive line, you could see a bit more shifting here as we go into the offseason season, summer workouts, fall camp, but we'll definitely see. As we look at one, uh, Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele has this defense back right. Uh, he's got this defense hungry, fire flying around the football. That th- those hateful competitors. He's got those guys back on defense. Whether it was the defensive line creating pressure with Jamil Burrows up front, with Jaheim Otis up front, with different other guys up front, whether it was the linebackers, Justin Jefferson creating plays, the Juco transfer, Tresman Marshall hitting gaps, uh, Jahat Campbell hitting gaps, Sean Murphy hitting gaps. Linebackers were hitting gaps, shooting, flying to the football. Uh, Kevin still had those guys doing that. Whether it was the outside linebackers, Quindarius Robinson, Keanu Cole, Jeremiah Alexander getting to the quarterback, that was happening. Whether it was the defense of secondary, several guys making plays, Kevin Steele has this defense playing with a controlled aggression, a swagger, a discipline, an energy, just a different attitude to it. And Malachi Moore talked about it. Kevin Steele, tough, aggressive, demanding warning guys to play to an elite standard, and he's inject that energy into this Alabama defense, and I am 100% here for that. And I'm proud of what Kevin Steele was able to accomplish there in terms of just the spring game. As we look now, the tight end position. Now, Eli, here's a spot where in the six national championships of the Nick Saban era – the tight have played a role, right? 2009, we all remember Colin Peak. he played a role. 2011, we remember Brad Smelly and uh, Michael Williams, they played a role. 2012, Michael Williams played a role. 2015, even though Lane Kiffin tried his best to hide O.J. Howard from the, from the rest of the world, when it came time for the college football playoff, O.J. the Juice Man said, hey, let me at him, and played a role. 2017, that national championship, Irv Smith, played a role. 2020, that national championship, the combination of Miller Forrestal and Jaleel Billingsley, played a role. So when you've had those tight ends, uh, when you've had those tight ends made a priority, it's been big. And during the A-Day game, we talked about this, Eli, Tommy Reese loves those tight ends. Used them a lot there at Notre Dame. Used them a lot in the spring game. DJ Dupree, the transfer from Maryland, had a catch. Danny Lewis Jr., who has come alive. He had three to four catches. Amari Nightblack had about three to four catches. Miles Kinselman. And folks thought he was just a blocking tight end. He had about three to four catches. So that tight end room got utilized. That tight end room got used there. Joe Cox, tight end's coach, has done a fine job of developing this group. So. That position unit, you going to see some work here in this upcoming season. Very happy there about the, uh, the tight ends. And uh, as we look at this, last but not least here, the Alabama secondary, you got versatile depth, athletic secondary. I- I'm going to say this, as, as much as, you know, I was pleased with guys like You know, Jake Pope, who had 10 tackles out there, a sack, a pass, breakup, a big hit there on Jermaine Burton. And Jake Pope is going to have, as I say here, in this rotation at safety. What I came away with Eli was the depth that showed up at the cornerback position. After Alabama lost, Jacquez Robinson and uh, Traquan Faye against the portal days before the spring game— both of those two, Coach Saban mentioned, played the star position. So you had to move Malachi back to star for the first team, and you had to have uh, Earl Little play star for the up uh, for the uh well Malachi's star for the second team. Earl Little had to play star for the second team uh, defense there, or for the first team defense there. So it was kind of crazy and how that all kind of played a, played a role there. But the the depth at corner showed up. Antonio Kite. Had three pass breakups. That was huge. You had Dez Ricks three pass breakups. That was huge. So you've seen the depth there. Uh, Jaleel Hurley had some good moments out there. So you're seeing the athletic versatile depth, and Coach Saban talked about it. you got to grow some guys up quick. you got to grow some guys up fast. Dez Ricks, Antonio Kite ready for the growing process. Uh, Jaleel Hurley ready for the growing process. So that was good to see. Alabama locate some athletic depth there in its secondary, especially at the boundary corner position. But we take another break here, folks, on the show. I don't touch that down. Upon our return, we would go back to the phone lines to grab your calls, your thoughts. We get back to a dialogue with you, the fans, right after this. All right, folks, we're rocking and rolling with you here on a Monday. Getting that work week started off for you correctly off of the spring game, the A-Day game. Crimson getting the 30-21 win over White inside Bryant-Denny Stadium. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, touchdown Alabama Magazine. Continue hitting that like button, tapping that subscribe button, making this your spot to talk Crimson Tide daily. Super Chat Go, $100 there. Daily Super Chat Go, $100. We thank you for all that you do. That's the Bama fans. But we go to the phone lines again to grab your calls. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205 448 1358. Number to call in, 205 448 1358. We grab this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How are we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Roll, Ty, roll,
9: Stephen L. What's happening, man? Enjoy day day game Saturday.
0: Absolutely, William. I had fun myself. I mean, getting a chance to see... Kevin Steele having this defense playing lights out out there in a spring game. Offense and we saw some good stuff out there. We've got to clean everything up and Coach Saban will work on that. But we saw progression in the quarterback room. You know what you got at running back. You may have to do some shuffling there on the offensive line, but those guys look good out there. Receivers got to catch the football. You're using the tight ends, but overall there's a lot of good to work with. You'll clean up the small stuff. These guys will be ready to to go by fall camp
9: yes sir i made the trip down there i never did see what, what uh, i don't know i guess she's on the field or something say it one more time i said i said i never did see i, I made the trip from iowa down there just to the spring game just to, to watch the guys this year and
0: uh, i never did see you Oh man, man, man! I was there. I was. I was amongst the people. It, it was probably so many people that you, you couldn't quite place me. I was. I was getting around quick, but man, I, I was amongst the people. Man, it was a lot of people out there. There you go. I want to go back to the defense,
9: if I can. Man, I noticed that uh, that they uh, they did make some interceptions there. Can you imagine if we get that team back again with our defense? Getting the balls away and scoring. I
0: don't see that again. I I mean, a lot of Bama fans, William, they want to see that resurge of that 2016 defense, where you're creating interceptions and taking them back for touchdowns. You are causing fumbles, recovering fumbles, and taking them back for touchdowns. Fans want to see this defense return to that. But I think Kevin Steele kind of he has the mindset to return this group to that style of play. So it's just going to be fun. Everybody staying healthy. Everybody in good shape. If if everybody can be in the right position to to do this, this defense can be scary.
9: Yes, sir. And I got one more thing for you, and then I'll, I'll let somebody else have it. Uh, I did see somebody go in the tent. Did you know who that was that, that went in the medical tent?
0: I, I'm not quite sure who that was that went in the tent. I know people were talking about Sim, Ty Simpson had a little bit of a hand thing. I didn't quite see it, but I, I didn't see anybody that went in the tent. But according to Coach Saban, there was no injuries to report after the game. So if somebody went in the tent, it was probably for something very minor because they came back out and played. There were no injuries to report after the A-Day. After the okay, well, I didn't notice
9: the name, but I believe the number was 56 or maybe 57, something like
0: that. If it was a 56, 57, that had to have been Seth McLaughlin or Elijah Pritchard, but uh, the the, the guy came back out and played And during the press conference, Saban had no injury report, no injuries took place, so everybody played, everybody stayed healthy. That's great. All right, man, roll tide. Absolutely, appreciate my man William calling there from Iowa to the show. We grabbed this call, you're live on the show, it's happening, how he's feeling. State your name and where you calling from.
10: Hey, Steven, this is William Newman from Dandridge, Tennessee. How you doing, brother? Doing fantastic, William, and yourself. Oh, doing pretty good. Listen, my man, I just want to tell you something. I haven't heard anybody say this yet. But I'm telling you right now, and I've been saying this ever since I was in high school, To being a 35 year old man now. And it's still true to this day, defense wins championships. And if you look at what Kevin Steele and them guys have done to this defense, you can definitely tell Pete Colton is no longer there. And I am telling you what, if they fly around like that all season long doing what they do, I promise you, I promise you we're we're going to be two thousand eleven all over again.
0: William, I've said this throughout the offseason so far, that this team has that 2011 feel where you you bring the quarterback along slowly and then that guy's going to gain confidence uh, no matter who the guy is. But looking at Kevin Steele from the spring game, guys knew what they were doing out there. Even even if they made the wrong read, at least they made the wrong read with confidence, and they still flew through the gap, flying around, playing fast. Now you can make the wrong read, but if you play fast, that's something that you can at least clean up. So those guys knew what they were doing out there.
10: Right? Yeah. You know. You know. That's what I've always been told. You know, I played ball my whole life, and we always told by our coach, I was coached old school style. if you're going to mess up, you mess up all the way. But you make sure you find somebody and hit them. And that's what they seemed like they were doing yesterday. And i tell you what, like I said, and you look at Georgia, their offense for the past two years was not all that great. But, but, Stets Bennett knew that he could rely on that defense because he knew that defense was going to get the ball back. And I got that feeling that's where we're at right now. Like I said, they made a complete 180 change, and I was very impressed with them. Uh but let's say, you know, he'll get the quarterback situation figured out. You know, the man's won seven national championships. You know, he didn't win them by being an idiot. So he knows what he's doing. But, brother, I appreciate you taking my call. And I'll let somebody else call in. I just kind of want to voice my opinion on that.
0: Appreciate William calling in from Tennessee on the show. We grabbed this call here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
2: Row Tide, row. My name is Timothy Jones from Somerville, Georgia.
0: What's going on, man?
2: Not much. Uh, I just got on? one what? quick question. Go ahead. Uh, have you heard anything about uh, or do you think uh, we'll get anybody in the transfer portal, like a wide receiver or whatnot? Because there's, there's quite a few options out there, four-star and five-stars I've been looking at. So, have you heard anything? Do you think we will? I don't. Th- I don't. I don't think so.
0: I don't think so, Timothy. But I would not put it past Nick Saban to do so. He did kind of mention after his, during his press conference when a portal question was brought up that, you know, he's always into bettering his team. He's always into bettering his roster. So, if they, if they look in the portal and they see any type of player, regardless of position, if they feel like this guy can really help our team, uh, they're going to bring that guy in. So, me personally, I don't see it. But knowing Coach Saban, uh, he may dip in there. We, we, we may see. I mean, the deadline for this would be May 1st before the portal locks up there. But if, if Saban chooses to make a move – now would be the time to make that move.
2: Right.
6: Well, that was my only Go ahead. Oh, that was my
2: only question.
0: Appreciate my man Timothy calling in there from Georgia. It's going to be interesting to see this this Coach Saban dip into the portal. I mean, uh, I don't necessarily see it right now. It could happen, regardless of what position he chooses to go in, but That'll be something to keep our eyes on. We take this call. You're on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. And where you calling from?
6: Just staying, man, from Birmingham. What's going on, man? I mean, I- I'm just chilling, man, watching you. And I- I'm loving your show. I've been, I have been, I got hooked on last year, and I've been a follower of you and the Bama Standard for, for two years now. My question to you is, I was at the game. The defense, oh, my God, the secondary, they're like pro players. It looks like everybody's bulked up about 10, 15 pounds. Malachi is bringing the heat after the injury. Uh, But one thing that I've noticed, I watched the Bama Standard last night. And one thing that I noticed that everybody wanted to shy away from this quarterback controversy, and from what I saw, standing—I mean, sitting in the stands Saturday, Miro has not taken a step to be a better quarterback. Yeah, in fact, it's a fact. The uh, the receivers missed balls that were hit in their chest, but. I'm wondering. I don't understand it. I, the quarterback controversy was between him and Simpson. But I think a third or fourth string can do just good. I mean, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But what I'm trying to figure out where has Miro made an adjustment to be better? Also, I want to know – wow, this is something else. But I just want to know, what do you see that – I saw on both of the – I mean, on you right now and the Bama Standard. the quarterback subject is the top of the list. But on your show and that show is being pushed to the bottom. And I just want to know, what do you guys see – yeah, it was pregnant. But what are you guys seeing that people with the eye with the eye can't see because I'm not seeing it. I am just not seeing it. When you combine them two quarterbacks, Tilson and Merrill, they below fifty percent. Yeah, you had to drop passes. But I'm just trying to wonder what what am I missing? that you were seeing, and
0: that's all I got. Appreciate staying calling in there from Birmingham. So, so here it is right here. i I, I, I look at it like this. I'll look at it like this. Both guys, if receivers caught passes in the spring game, uh, those numbers are a lot better. They're a lot different, right? So, yes, Miro had two interceptions there. He came back and he had two touchdown passes. You want him to protect the football, but he bounced back resiliently with two big balls there, one to Emmanuel Henderson, the other to Malik Benson. Am I saying that Milroy is a polished quarterback? No, absolutely not. There's still some areas of his game, especially from the passing standpoint, that we definitely want to see him get even better at. And then in terms of Simpson, Simpson suffered from, like I mentioned, There were touchdown passes that receivers dropped. Jermaine Burton had about three or four drops where he catches these. uh, Two of those are touchdowns. Uh, There there was a drop by another receiver that Simpson hit right there. That receiver catches that ball. That's a touchdown. So you you, you can't put the whole thing on uh, the quarterback. Receivers got to make plays, especially when uh, you don't have a Bryce Young now. You don't have that quarterback that's started two years. This is a completely different guy. And what helps that quarterback out, receivers catching the ball. When you don't catch the ball, especially when the quarterback's doing everything he can to put it on you, you can't blame the quarterback. Now, if the quarterback overthrows the ball, that's the quarterback. If the quarterback underthrows the ball, it's incomplete. Yo, that's the quarterback. But if the quarterback puts that ball dead in your fingertips and any part of your hands as a receiver Touch that ball, what's the old statement? You touch it, you catch it. The rule. The receiver touches that ball, it's on you to bring that ball in. If you don't bring it in, you pat your own chest. Hey, bruh, my bad. I messed that up. So if you, if you look at the numbers there, Several balls were dropped. That's not on the QB. Those, court, those receivers have got to catch the ball. Now, yes, Milro Simpson, there are some parts of their game that got to get better, true. But not all of that spring game was put on those two. Your receivers have got to step up and catch the football. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening, how we feeling, state your name, and where you are calling from.
2: Hey Stevie, this is Michael from South Carolina. How you doing, man? Doing great, Michael, and yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I had a couple questions for you. Go ahead. So one is, uh, with all the receivers that we have right now, uh, who are you most looking forward to see really really uh, you know, come out in the season and really show up? Um, you know, Kendrick Law, Kobe Prentice. Um, Shaz Preston, Isaiah Bond, and those guys—like, who are you very much looking forward to seeing uh, really stride in, uh, in this season? I'm looking—I'm really looking forward to seeing Prentice. I'm looking forward to
0: really seeing Bond. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Malik Benson. Uh, I really want to see Ja'Cory Brooks just be that full, consistent guy every time. Uh, uh, th- th- those th- th- those guys right there. Now, Shaz Preston, I'm looking forward to seeing him getting worked in more of that rotation. But definitely Bond, Prentice, uh, Kendrick Law, uh, Malik Benson, Ja'Cory Brooks, th- th- that group right there. But Jalen and Hale showed me something in the spring game as a freshman it feels like he may not be – it looks like he. the moment's not too big for him either. So just that that group right there, looking
2: forward to seeing that group of receivers. And, uh, Stephen, does it seem like the defense has gotten a lot bulk, bulk, um, bulkier? Because I'm looking at God – I mean, I'm looking at the defense and you got, you know, sh- uh, shoulder pads being – I mean, being you can hear the impact. When uh you know when the, with the defense, it's like have they gotten more strong and focused?
0: They have the, the strength and conditioning staff, uh, David Ballou, Coach Paul Constantine. These guys have done a phenomenal job. Uh, the head nutritionist, Amy Bragg, with the diet, with the dieting. The this group, this support staff, has done. And a great job in uh, bulking up these players. You're seeing defensive backs that are 200 pounds plus. You know, Malachi Moore, I remember he came in at 180 pounds. He's now at 200 pounds. Kool-Aid is now at 200 pounds. Terryon Arnold now at 200 pounds. Jake Pope now near 200 pounds. All of these guys have bulked up. And not just the secondary, the linebackers, the defensive line—they've gotten more physical. They've gotten bigger. Why? Because Kevin Still is preaching. When you when you hit these guys, we want them to feel and feel the inflicted pain that's coming at them. So that's why you know all of these players—they've they, bulked up.
2: And then my last question, is, Stephen. Um, so. Uh, like the last call was talking about about the quarterback situation between Simpson and Nero. I'm not ready to give up on Galen Milrow just yet. I, I know he all and could all learn to do and a lot of a lot more. I mean, he, he showed me after those interceptions, I mean he he came back and really showed what he could do. And let's not forget the games that he carried when Bryce Hill was out with the injury last season. He showed me what he could do. Ty Simpson's the guy that I believe that will get his he will get his His chance when it comes, but I am not ready to give up on Galen Milrow yet. I still see him as starting off as the starting quarterback for uh, for the the season. Um, What what do you think, um, Stephen?
0: I would. I mean, I I for one, Michael would not completely write off Milrow. It's a competition. Both guys are pushing each other. Milrow and Simpson. You even got the two young guys, Larnigan and Holstein, pushing everybody also. And I and I kind of equate to this. You know. uh, 2014 uh, people quickly wrote off Blake Sams uh, and we saw what happened. And Blake Sams had a terrible spring game in 2014. And people wrote Blake Sams completely off. And Blake becomes the quarterback 2014 and set, you know, passing records, 3487 passing yards, 35 total touchdowns there. And I remember that. And of course, you look at people you know, when Jalen Hurts was playing here, it was, you know, Jalen can run, but he's not no pass, so he's not no pass, so he can't distribute the football. And look at the growth that he has taken in the NFL to become that complete full-package quarterback. So I'm not one to completely write Miro off the map just yet. It's just going to be fun to see this summer who really takes onus to not only win that team, but truly show I am the complete quarterback, to play consistent, protect the football, make explosive plays, be the all-around package guy. That's what my eyeballs will be on. Appreciate my man Michael from South Carolina calling in here to the show on a Monday. We continue here. Well, I thought we had a phone call there, but we continue with the other call topic, Eli, and uh, call topic, A.J. McCarron. Former Alabama quarterback, three-time BCS national champion, including two times as a starter, 2011 and 2012. His season in the XFL has come to an end with the St. Louis Battlehawks finishing the year out at seven and three. Hate they didn't make the playoffs, even with the winning record. The way that playoff bracket went was just weird. But McCarron, even though not in the playoffs, did something special. He set the XFL single-season record for touchdown passes, 24, surpassing the mark of 18 uh, that Tommy Maddox had in 2001 in the XFL. So big props to McCarron. I think he, he's proven that he can still play this game and play at the high level. And I'm hoping that a lot of NFL teams watch this. And they're thinking, you know what? We, we wrote off A.J. a little bit too soon. Give his brother another opportunity. Hopefully that, that happens there because he balled out in the XFL throughout this season. But we take our final break here on the show on Touch That down. When we come back, we wrap up loose ends talking about this wide receiver room. This is a big, big year for Holman Wiggins as wide receivers coach. And we'll talk about that to wrap it up after this.
1: thank you for tuning in show your support right now by clicking that like button if you haven't subscribed hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best alabama football news notes and information right here on touchdown alabama
0: all right folks we appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a monday recapping all things a day how to show on the streets here Talking Bama football news, in my own words, George truly, Stephen Smith of TDA, man Eli Walker in the production studio. Continue tapping the like button. Give us that thumbs up, hitting that subscribe button as well. Making this your spot here to talk Bama football. Daily Super Chat Goal, $100 daily. Super Chat going $100 right there. We appreciate you. Eli, final topic here of discussion, the wide receiver room for the Crimson Tide and a room that's got a lot of talent, experienced players, veteran players, young players, but it's just it's just time for this group as a whole to just step all the way up, you know, especially after what we saw on A-Day. And at number one, at number one, and I for one and one that doesn't like to, uh, I guess, speak badly on players. This is not me speaking badly. This is just me stating what it actually is. Uh, When it comes down to Jermaine Burton, is it time for Bama to move off him in terms of being like a number one guy or the main guy in terms of the wide receiver room? Because uh, he's got talent, but... The drops you can't deal with the drops. I go back to I go back to Alabama's pro day and catching passes from Bryce Young and he had drops there. And then the A-day game, several plays he could have had touchdowns on, dropped the ball. Finally was able to hold on to one for a touchdown. And I understand he came up huge the back half of last season. But you just can't have those drops when you're breaking in a brand new quarterback. He's got to get on a junk machine or something. Every day after the practice, he's got to hit a junk machine. Got to. He's trying to get better here. That's just my thoughts on Bird. He's got to get himself to a junk machine right now after every single practice. Also, you look at you know, some guys like you're – you look at – Freshman Jalen Hale, he did step up, made some good catches. Seems like the moment not too big for him. He did have three or four catches for 27, 30 yards. He caught the ball and it was thrown to him. So Jalen Hale made some plays. He could see himself in this rotation possibly. He could. We'll see. You look at guys like Kendrick Law, Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice, they made you know, some plays out there. Isaiah Bond, uh, there was one play where didn't quite continue the route that he was trying to run, but nevertheless, made some plays out there. Malik Benson, I said this before, it felt like Alabama was kind of holding him until the last minute, say, but not using all of the arsenal. Benson stepped up there at the end, had about four to five catches on one drive, including one for a touchdown. He could be this year's version of Jamison Williams for Alabama. We'll have to check that out. Emmanuel Henderson stepped up in the A-Day. had a 36-yard catch from uh, Jalen Milrow for a touchdown. Milrow put the ball right there. Malik Benson made the nice catch. Not Malik Benson, uh, Emmanuel Henderson, excuse me, made the uh, the nice catch right there. So you've got talent in the receiver room. It's just cleaning up the drops. And uh, I just feel like this is a big year for Holman Wiggins as a wide receivers coach because uh, he gets credited with the development of uh, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamison Williams, John Mechie. He gets credited with the development of those guys. And, yes, he did put polish on those guys, but those guys were developed before Holman Wiggins got there. So, Coach Wigg has yet to really take a guy from the bottom, from ground zero, really develop that guy and make him into a first-round pick receiver. Hasn't really done that yet. This is a big year for him. He's got to develop this room because uh, you look at this is the third year of Ja'Cory Brooks. He's trying to be, you know, a first-round guy. This is a big year for Jermaine Burton. Got to clean up them drops if he's trying to be a first-round guy. This is a big year for a couple players. And in order for them to get to where they're trying to accomplish – they got to they, they, they have a bit more of that development, and Holman Wiggins is a pivotal year for him. Pivotal year for him. He, he's, he's got to get that done. But, as always, Bama Nation, you want the best in news, notes, coverage, material here on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tie. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama magazine app. You download the app. From the iPhone App Store, if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store, if you got the Android phone for your audio needs, check us out. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio, we got you covered right there. The good and gracious Lord sees fit. i try to be back on Wednesday, continuing the conversation. It's Bama Football. Remember, Tide fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link found in the description if you're trying to get your hands on the fresh edition, print edition of TDA the Magazine. Here is what you do. You go to touchdownalabama.com. You click join. Become a member and or a subscriber today. That link in the description as well. Guys, shout out you guys, the uh, outstanding fans of Tide football for all of the uh, Phone calls, the conversations, the donations, the chats, the super chat, and all that you do to make this your show to discuss Alabama football—we appreciate that. you to show some love to my man Eli Walker in the production studio, handling the thing there from behind the scenes. Until next time, folks. Husbands of your wives, wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children—you guys continue. Doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to not be bored. There you get yourself those three party meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around you. And even though we're in the off season, we're in the off season right now. But TDA, we're still giving you that content. Till next time, folks. I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith, Mrs. Ben, in my own words.